1: Terms and conditions
2: apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com sports And, um, all right, so we have World Series champions. World Series champion, the L.A. Dodgers. John Ramos is happy. Ryan Music is happy. Most people are happy. And, uh, look, I'm going to do something that, hmm, it's going to be hard to do, which is defend the Tampa Rays. That's right. I'm going to defend the Tampa Rays because here's what happens. Okay, last night in the sixth inning. In the sixth inning, Kevin Cash comes out and gets Blake Snell. And look, Snell was absolutely dealing. Now, I don't think anybody thought the game was going to end up 1-0, right? Like, that that's not, uh, that's not Bob Gibson out there. On the other hand, he pitched as well or better than Bob Gibson ever has. And so, when, when you watch last night, you were sitting there going, no, don't, and of course... Blake Snell drops an F-bomb. He clearly did not want to come out of the game. It's not like he thought he was losing his stuff. But what the what the Rays are, what the Dodgers are, is what baseball has become. So what baseball has become, which is, this is what we've done all year. Why would we do anything different? And And in all honesty, like the old coaching adage is was has always been you know stay true to who you are stay true to what you are Rem- remember what got you where you are and so for the rays much like the dodgers right like like we can criticize the front office for the information that's provided the plan that's in place the 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 lack of flexibility with that plan cuz that's really what it comes down to it's not that it's not that the rays uh, plan was bad it's that they didn't see or weren't willing to bend on the idea that hey Blake Snell was better than any number would tell you he should be There was, there's no metric that tells you Blake Snell has as many strikeouts as anybody since Sandy Koufax in a, in a World Series game but he did and we're talking about through five innings now I don't think that the Rays lost the series last night. I think they lost it in game four when they ran themselves out of two innings. But, but I'm going to point out that look, if I'm going to defend the Rays, it's this is who they are. This is what they've been. This is how they've accomplished what they've accomplished. By the way, the LA Dodgers are much the same story. Like we can sit here and be critical of the idea that there's not critical thinking from Dave Roberts or from Kevin Cash, and that Hal Nine Thousand is deciding the games. We can be critical of that, but the reality of it is that's why they hired Andrew Friedman, right? I mean, like there's there's more to it, right? Andrew Friedman obviously has a has an eye for talent. Their use of analytics also tells you who's going to be the next stars and they've done a great job of evaluation and the difference with the Dodgers and the Rays is it's not just the talent they have. It's the depth of talent that they have that they can afford that they can afford to go out and trade for Mookie Betts, give up some prospects, give up some players. Oh yeah, by the way, pay Mookie Betts. These are things that Tampa can't do. I mean, if you line up guys and you line up talent, I mean, the fact is, the Dodgers, that's a historically great baseball team. I mean, think about it. They win a series in which their best starting pitcher only starts once. They go six games, and we only saw Walker Buehler once. And oh yeah, by the way, they win a World Series, and their closer is completely and utterly ineffective. The story of the Dodgers is going to be told. It's going to be about Pulling Blake Snell, a little bit. About Clayton Kershaw's two starts, a lot. Hey, about Corey Sager, who just hot as all get out. Maybe about Justin Turner, who hits one to the warning track, then gets pulled because he's got COVID. And then he goes to the dugout, then he tweets, then he comes back out. like All of these will be told. I, I, I think what's interesting, Walker Bueller only pitched once. He's the best pitcher the Dodgers have. And they still won the series in six games. That's how good they are but I'll defend the Rays and Kevin Cash because this is who they are. This is who they are. On the other hand, therein lies the flaw in statistical base analysis. If you want to term it analytics, you want to turn it high-level information, it takes away what sports so much is about, which is a feeling, right? I just got a sense that this guy... He's gonna be okay. Now, look, stats. Stats told us. Stats told us that Pedro Martinez was done in 2003, but the feeling had Grady Little send him back out there, and the rest of course is history. And they blew the game, and blew the series, and lost to the New York Yankees. And it took him another year to recover, and ultimately win their first World Series in 80, 86 years. But a blind man could see that whatever the computer told you didn't factor in that Anderson, though a great regular season, Jordan regular season pitcher, wasn't the same guy in the postseason. And that whatever you thought Snell was on paper, he was completely different last night. Here's the manager of the Rays, Kevin Cash, after the game.
5: Well, yeah, I guess I regret it because it didn't work out. Uh, but, I mean, you know, I feel like the thought process was was right. I mean, every decision that's made, that end result has a pretty, you know, weighing factor on how you feel about it. If, if we had to do it over again, I would have the utmost confidence in Nick Anderson to to get through that inning.
2: Wow, that's what he said, huh? If, if I had to do it again, I would do it again. That's what he said. If I had to do it again, but he had something what he said, but he said it had the utmost confidence. He didn't say, if I had to do it again, I would do it again. He said, if I had to do it again, I would have the utmost confidence in him. Look, we, we've seen this so oftentimes with the Houston Rockets. I, I think the number one thing that everyone says that it doesn't account for is, you know, shortened series is a gut feeling. I think the thing it doesn't account for is fatigue. Vince Lombardi's famous expression is fatigue makes cowards of us all. It makes, by my estimation, Gottlieb says, it makes mortals of immortals. You take the best reliever in baseball in the regular season and he becomes utterly hittable. Why? Fatigue. They used him and used him and used him. And ultimately, it was too much. And a guy who was unhittable became hittable. That's what happens with the Houston Rockets. How else can you explain that James Harden is so ineffective in the postseason? Does he draw fewer fouls? I guess. But a lot of it comes from the fact that he doesn't play defense in the regular season. And now he tries to play a little bit of defense in the postseason. Combine that with the overuse in the regular season, the overuse in the postseason, played at higher level competition, and he doesn't have it in the tank. The only explanation for Kevin Anderson, it's not pressure, because it wasn't a one-game thing where all of a sudden a guy who was unhittable becomes hittable. It was throughout the playoffs he was hittable. He kept giving up runs, seven games in a row. Gave up a run, so league record for the playoffs. And the only explanation for that is not that the guy who pitched in high-leverage situations in the regular season and in the postseason is somehow flawed in that he's prone to 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 get tight during pressure. Is he tired? And, and stats don't necessarily account for that. I will defend the Rays because much like the Dodgers, this is who they are. This is how they got there. You know, it's, it's like when the Falcons had the 28-3 lead. Why'd they keep throwing? That's who they are. That's how they got there. Why the Houston Rockets keep shooting threes in game, was seven? A couple years ago against the Warriors? That's who they are. That's how they got there. But... Fatigue makes cowards of us all. It makes mortals of immortals. And it takes away the human factor, which is anyone could see. Snell was dealing. One hard hit ball does not a shot pitcher make. All right, coming up next in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. We got a ton to get to. An absolute ton. What a great show we have for you. Ryan Music is back from... uh, uh do we call it marital leave? Like what what he got he got ma- married? Married. Congratulations he gets he gets married. So that's a big thing. Congratulations uh t- to Ryan. Did you watch it on did you watch the the, the streaming of it? Yes, I did. You did? Of course. I thought the streaker was a little bit odd. I thought, <laughs> I thought the fact that I did was that I'm not sure if that was paid to happen or exactly how that happened. But I, I thought the streaker was a was a li- was something I was not expecting when I turned on at uh, five o'clock on Saturday. Ryan Ryan Music uh, and his bride Kim get, getting married. I, I didn't expect that. Uh, coming up next, uh, one NFL team, one NFL team has told you all you need to know 50 in pick six credits. That's code Doug only on DraftKings pick six. The crown is yours.
3: terms at picksix.draftkings.com slash promos.
2: Doug Gottlieb, Show Fox Sports Radio. Um I, I want to play for you. Um you, you know there, there's moments in your life you're going to remember about sports. And I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I watch a ton of regular season baseball. Very minimal amount. I love baseball uh because my kid plays it. I loved it as a kid. I used to follow the Angels uh as a as a child like and I collect bas- baseball cards, whatever. I, like, I love baseball. It's just, it's a lot and it's long and it's kind of boring and regular season baseball is just a lot. So, I mean, I pay attention to it and I have friends that cover it. I, I, it's a mar- I thought the Fox crew was amazing last night. I mean, you got two outstanding sideline reporters, Verducci, who kind of does the quasi-analysis stuff because he used to be in the booth. And then, um, you know, y- you got... You know, you got the rest of the crew. I mean, you got, uh, you know, Rosenthal was a. I I thought his questions to Kevin Cash were solid, on point, uh, good follow-ups. Like, it was just and Smoltz and Bull, Bucket's incredible. Uh, I'm going to play for you. Um, you have, you have both both calls of it? Okay, so 1988, 1988, the Dodgers last won a World Series. And so if you're not that old, you're not like our age, right, you're like, oh, it's a big deal. And I, I think it's mandatory viewing for a sports kid. And I, I made my son watch it last night, and he sort of got it, didn't really get it. In 1988, the Oakland A's were the biggest, baddest asses that they were, right? Tony La Russa was their manager. They had the Bash brothers, Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. Oh, yeah. And their closer was Dennis Eckersley. Who hadn't given up a home run since like August? Like this is October, so all of September didn't give up a home run. And he was the he was the not just the AIDS Award winner, he was a Cy Young Award winner that year. So he was the best pitcher in the American League. And Kirk Gibson was the NL MVP, but he had bad knees and a pulled hamstring. He wasn't supposed to play. And it's Game One of the World Series, and they got a runner on first base. And I'm sitting at my friend, Miles Simon, who became the MOP of the Final Four, who's now an assistant coach with the Lakers. I'm at his mom's house. We're both Mets, and I'm an Angel fan. My dad's a New Yorker. He was a Mets fan. He loved Daryl Strawberry. And the Mets were kind of cool, right? From 86, they'd won the World Series. We were 10, 12 years old now. And I will never forget to this moment, Gibson coming, limping up to the plate, Runner on first base, two outs. Ran the count to 3-2, and two, by the way. So this is like that no-fear shirt. 3-2, and two, two outs, bottom of the ninth inning. Runner on first base, no fear. And the best closer in baseball on the hill against what looked like a feeble guy, right? He, like, he looked in... You know, you know when Rob Gronkowski runs, you're like, ow, oh, that hurts. That hurts me to watch. That's how it looked with Kirk Gibson every swing. A foul off a ball. I'm going to play for you both. Both calls. Because... On radio, on radio was, uh, I believe, Jack Buck, national radio. That's Joe Buck's dad. On TV was Vin Scully. What do you got first? Um, Let's do Jack Buck first. Here's Jack Buck. Gibson swings and a fly ball to deep right field. This is going to be a He, he, and then he said, I don't believe what I just saw, right? Like I I get John, do I have goosebumps right here? Can you see? A little bit. I have goosebumps. I'm not a Dodger fan per se. I had tickets to game two. John and I actually both went to game two. Didn't we were know both each other there. didn't sit against each other. Oral Hershizer was a boring game. He was awesome, unhittable. Goosebumps. Here's Vin Scully. And poetic. the only poetic. question was, could he make it around the base pads unassisted? I mean, right, he was that feeble. Uh, I mean, so when I hear 88, it is without any question, any question, one of the five greatest sports moments I've ever seen live. And I feel like it's mandatory sports listening and viewing that you understand the magnitude of it. The series was over right then. Over. That was game one. The Dodgers were the home team. So it wasn't like they weren't expected to win at home. It was over and it was that big. And that's the last time the Dodgers won. I'll get to the Patriots upcoming. I'll get to the Cowboys upcoming. I still have a lot of stuff to get to.
3: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. And here's the statement from Major
5: League Baseball in response to the circumstances involving Justin Turner last night. The statement says, quote, Turner was placed into isolation for the safety of those around him. However, following the Dodgers' victory, it is clear that Turner chose to disregard the agreed-upon joint protocols and the instructions he was given regarding the safety and protection of others. The statement went on to say Turner's decision to leave isolation and enter the field was wrong and put everyone he came in contact with at risk. When MLB security raised the matter of being on the field with Turner, he emphatically refused to comply. That from Major League Baseball. So what do you do? I, I, I don't know if there will be some sort of fine or something from it. Not that it matters, I just...
2: So I, I'm so, not sure. and I, I mean, I I think the troublesome part wasn't just that he went out there, it was that like, he went out there, he's hugging dudes, he's all over the trophy, you know, like you can take down your mask for the photo, I get it, but it just uh, it, look, this is what was was told to me from my our doctor because we came into contact. This is like three months ago. Uh, somebody came into our house and actually stayed at our house for a night. Only to find out a couple days later that they uh, had tested positive for it and they actually had COVID, and so we uh, iced the quarantine, uh, quarantine for fourteen days, and on like we we got, I got tested twice, twice, and I was positive I was negative obviously both times whatever, and everybody in my family was was negative. And what the doctor told us was that like, you know, did you kiss this person? Like, no, you know, did you? But if you come into contact within six feet of them for more than 15 minutes, right? So I, I think there's this, there's a little bit of, yes, hugging somebody and if they cough on you, it could have been. But the idea of standing close to somebody, I, I don't know if that's how this spreads, right? Like I, that was not, what I was told by my our doctor was like, you got to be closer than six feet for more, for 15 minutes or more. And if that's the case... Now you got to self-isolate for, you know, like 10 days and nah, (laughs) that wasn't the case. It was, they stayed in the guest room and I almost never saw the person, but I did have one share one car ride with them. And that's why I was, I thought I was most at risk anyway. Um, I, I don't think it's a great look from Turner, but it was just a weird thing where all of a sudden he vanished from the game, right? He just vanished. I mean, at least when Blake Snell got hooked, everybody threw a fit. All right, let's get to this. Byer, you were bringing up all the guys. There's a bunch of names that have been mentioned as uh, potential trades today. Did you did you see the, the biggest name probably was Stefan Gilmore? Um, Yes. Yes. Do you remember what we said? I mean, this is kind of going back to the offseason on what we felt like the Patriots plan was. You know um by the way, this is you know Bill Belichick said, yeah, I don't know anything about those. um do, do you remember what I what I said I thought the whole deal with Stefan Gilmore would be? I don't I don't remember this is what I said I I thought they would go for it, try to make the playoffs, see what they had and then if it didn't work before the trade deadline, they would any any piece of value they would sell off. now the only thing that's traded changed between now and then, since then till now is the fact that the um, that the uh, the Patriots r- kind of changed his deal and gave him more money this year, right? So it it felt like well maybe they're giving him more money to keep him happy through a tough year and maybe that's the case, um, but he's still he's their most valuable trade asset and I think anyone can see that they are in rebuild mode which is what we thought. They were capped out this year. They got a little bit of cat relief getting out of two contracts, most notably Rob Gronkowski's contract when he came out of retirement, freed up some cap space. They took on Cam Newton to just, let's let's see, let's take him on on the cheap. Newton's last two games, no touchdowns, five interceptions. The Patriots are ready to move to plan B. They got a plan A. Plan A was, hey, Cam Newton, let's just roll with it. Let's see what we got. Keep it in mind. They had, I think, six guys opt out. I think most on the defensive side of the football, including Dante Hightower. That saved them like $8 million. Then they have Gronk come back. Gronk saves them another $8, 9000000 million. They get Cam on the cheap. They try. Plan A was, let's see if we can mess around and make the playoffs in a bad division. Now when it becomes obvious they're just not good enough, let's go to plan B. Let's sell everything off and let's start over. Let's hit the draft really, really hard. Let's get younger. Let's rebuild. That's their plan B. Like I think what the Cowboys are doing is the Cowboys are going through. Um, we'll talk about this next hour, but they, they're just trying to get the, the the guys whoever's leaked the story. They feel like's not on board. I, I told you Jerry Jones needed to do this. Like go through and just cut somebody, fire somebody. That'll get everybody's attention, and that's essentially what they've done. But but it feels to me like the Patriots are on to plan B, right? You know, um, Belichick always says, you know, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to plan B. You know, now they're in, whether it's Trevor Lawrence mode or whatever mode, you know, that that's what I would expect to see. Are they still going to try and coach Cam up? Sure. Try and see if they get some value. Maybe they bring Cam back for another year on the cheap so he can mentor whoever they have. They don't want to start a true rookie. My guess would be that they want a volume of second and third round picks. More so than, if they get first round pick, that's fine. What they'll do with the first round pick is, they'll trade down and get those second and third round picks. But we, we told you this exact thing would happen in the offseason. And, and sure enough, it has. Sure enough, it has. Um, can I get to that, um, that NBA story? So, Byer, help me out if I'm wrong. You go back earlier so, in the week. And the NBA came out and said, hey, we want to start this thing. They kind of leaked it out. We want to start this thing early December. The players are like, MLK Day, right? Mm -hmm. And there's this mixed bag, right? Like you have the the Warriors who they haven't played a game since March. March. So if they wait till January, you're talking about 10 months in between games. The teams that were in the bubble, that's 10 months. The teams that were in the bubble, like the Lakers, like, dude, we just got done. We're 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 spent. We're beat. We're tired. We're exhausted. We can't do it. Um, but the NBA's revenue dropped 10 percent last year. 800 million dollar loss in gate receipts. 400 million dollar loss in sponsorships and merchandise. The NBA losses included 200 million dollars deemed net negative impact. From months-long splintering of its partnership with China in the aftermath of Daryl Morey, just hired today. We think with Philadelphia 76ers' tweet about China. Like, dude, you're talking about 1.4 billion dollars. Wow. Um, if the season this season goes forward without fans, they believe they'd lose, have a 40% loss in overall revenue, approximately four billion dollars. So, look, there's a balance there of we want to get back into gyms. We want to have fans in the stands. On the other hand, like, look, ratings aren't just down because of politics. They're not just down because of the election. They're not just down because games are playing the bubble. They're down because people don't watch TV in August. That's why nobody has big TV events in August. They apparently don't watch NBA basketball in September and into October. Don't believe me? Look at the numbers. And so, with that in mind, the players are absolutely positively right, based upon their bodies, to not want to be back in arenas until January. The problem is, this is a business and one that has suffered an incredible amount of damage, amount of loss, and value. And I, I don't know how, you, how you'd how say to your TV partners, like, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to miss the holiday season where people are sequestered in their homes, when there's snow and ice outside, when the NBA should think about launching around Christmas Day, and we're, we're going to pass on that because we're tired. I, I don't get it. And I kind of think NBA players don't get it. That, you know... Their thought is like, look, we sustained a loss financially last year, but we made it work. Now you got to make it work with us for our bodies. That That's fine. Like, we, they got to get back on time, on schedule. And this is where Adam Silver paints himself in a corner because he has been so player-friendly that at some point he's got to go, look, I get that you're hurt. Y'all got to play. Got to have the games. Got to have them early. Got to get 70-some-odd games in. Hopefully we'll get fans in there. But we we need this and we need it at this specific time of year. People don't watch in March because the NCAA tournament, if it happens. They don't watch during the Masters. They don't watch during the Super Bowl. They they watch around Christmas time during the holidays outside of during the college football playoff. And they want the NBA finals done in June. One reason they want them to go to the Olympics. And it's not because they like or honor the Olympics. It's because that's how they get into Asia. The Olympics are in Japan. China's where the money is. They got to be over there and they got to send their stars. They can't send some rummies over there. Coming up next, how is Major League Baseball going to handle the Justin Turner situation after he tested positive for COVID?
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
6: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you
0: will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win!
2: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, uh, let's get to a game.
4: Game This
3: is game time.
5: It's game time.
3: On the Doug Gottlieb Show.
2: Bayer. Dan Bayer, what do you got, my friend? Doug, the game today
5: is. Real news, fake news. All right, five scenarios to throw at you. We'll see if you can uh, decipher real news or fake news. Doug, that the Yankees and not the Dodgers are the odds-on favorite to win the World Series next season, according to Bet Online.
2: That sounds like fake news. You are fake news.
5: You are correct. The Dodgers are the favorite, and odds released nine to two favorites to win the 2021 World Series. The Yankees are in second. The Padres would be in third at 8-1 to one with the best odds. Rays then at 10-1. to one.
2: Um, uh, Rays are at 10-1? to one? Yeah, Rays are at 10-1. Padres. One. Padres are interesting. Look, the Dodgers are really, really good. This, this is a team that was on pace to win 116 games. And they played 162. They were beating teams by the biggest margin in the history, modern history of the sport. And uh, outside of Kershaw getting a little bit older, like – they're going to add another starter, right? They're going to fix the bullpen, one would think. So I, I tend to agree that the likelihood is they get better.
5: The opening odds for the 2020 World Series uh, won by the Dodgers that we saw last night. Uh, at the start of the season, the Astros were 5-1, to one, followed by the Yankees and Nationals, and then the Red Sox and Dodgers were considered Twelve to one favorites. That was that was um, after last year's World Series, the 2019 World Series, when the odds were released. So now we've seen how that uh, played out. The longest shot, by the way, of any team for next season. Pittsburgh Pirates at three hundred to one. All right, Doug. Rumors are fake news. The MLB Commissioner's Office is going to do a full investigation into Justin Turner's actions following last night's Game Six.
2: That feels like a. That uh, feels like real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular.
5: Yes. As part of that Major League Baseball statement, the league said, "Quote: The Commissioner's Office is beginning a full investigation into this matter and will consult with the Players Association within the parameters of the Joint 2020 Operations." Man-
2: yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what are you going to do? You get suspended for next year? A couple of games?
5: Could be. I, I mean, I don't think that that's off the table no. for it. No. Yeah, for sure. The uh, nasal swabs conducted on the Dodgers traveling party last night, and the uh, both teams were tested today, according to that statement from Major League Baseball. All right, Doug, two for two, real news or fake news. In an ESPN report, if the NFL needs to play a week's Week 18, the Super Bowl will be pushed back a week. Is that real news or fake news? That's real news. You are fake news. No, they would eliminate the off week between the championship games and the Super Bowl, according to Adam Schefter. So the Super Bowl still would be on February 7th. You would just, uh, yeah, not have that extra week to prepare for the game if the week 18 is needed.
2: Hmm. I didn't know that. I I thought they were going to push it back. I thought that was the plan.
5: Yeah, that was a lot of talk, and Mark Murphy – the Packers CEO said a week or two ago that there are contingency plans that could even have the game played in March if needed. But uh, Adam Schefter is saying that if a week 18 is going to be played, they would just eliminate that off week. Got it. Real news or fake news, Doug, there may be a battle of L.A. between the Lakers and Clippers over Rajon Rondo this off season. That's real news.
2: They're real, and they're spectacular.
5: Mark Stein of the New York Times says the Clippers plan to pursue Rondo this offseason.
2: Honestly, kind of think you can have him. I understand how good he was in the playoffs. He was hurt most of the year. He wasn't that great. And the idea that you're going to keep going back to the well for a guy that's played that much, sustained that many injuries. Look, I think it's smart. The Clippers do need a point guard. The the Lakers, I believe, will be in the market for a real starting point guard, like they both were last year. You know, last year they— they both had uh, their eyes set on the same player, and you know, both both came up short. So I'll, I'll be fascinated to see what happens.
5: Finally, Doug, real news or fake news? The Utah Jazz are being sold and could be on the move to Seattle.
2: Uh, well, it's real they're sold, but fake that they're going to see You are it. fake news. Yes, it is fake news. Jazz
5: and Vivint Smart Home Arena are being sold to software developer Ryan Smith for $1.66 billion. The 40-year-old Smith, born and raised in Utah. He's buying the team from the Miller family who has owned the franchise for 35 years and as part of the uh, stipulation of selling the team. Smith obviously would be keeping the squad in Salt Lake City.
3: Music game, huh? to the ears of jazz this fans. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
2: Yeah, he, he sold uh, uh, Qualtrics, right? He and like his, his whole family. Uh, plus, his name's Smith, and he's Mormon in Utah, right? Like, uh, it be, works. He's not going anywhere. Not going anywhere at all. Can you imagine being 40 years old and being able to buy an NBA team and the arena? And I yeah. think he got it at like a discount. It one 1.6 or
5: 1.9 billion. I saw 1.66 was the number that that I saw.
2: Seems on the lighter side. Now I understand the revenue is down, but seems on the lighter side. You know, you look obviously LA the Clippers were were a couple billion dollars and you know the valuations are different based upon market, but that's a crazy popular team that's pretty good. I wonder what I wonder what that what their their uh, spreadsheet looks like, but that Kind of interesting though the Bucks, you know, I don't know, Bucks about what ten years ago signed sold, sold for like six hundred million, I think. Yeah. And the group's from New York, but the part of the agreement was they would keep it in Milwaukee. They built the new arena, but he he gets he gets uh, he gets the arena as well.
5: Yeah, and Clippers were you know Balmer when
2: he two billion when he bought them from. Uh, yeah, no, that's like that's that. lo- that's location, but they were valued yeah. at like one point one, and he paid two, <clears throat> he paid like two two for them. That was the point. He
5: was they were he extremely overpaid for them, but it was also like kind of a no-brainer, and now it's already <laughs> worked out for him, and he's, well, a lot of things work out for Steve Ballmer.
2: Uh, all right, like, tonight is a weird night. We've had this run of games all the time. We had th- Tuesday Night Football last week. We had Thursday Night Football returning tomorrow. College football played, although now we have a big college football game canceled this week with Wisconsin-Nebraska. I actually think that helps Wisconsin. Like, they were going to go in there with their fourth-string quarterback. Like, Yikes. Yikes. Hurts, Nebraska. But there's no college football, no NFL, obviously no basketball, and no baseball tonight. There's like, not like we actually, is there any TV on on Wednesday nights? Is there anything worth watching? I believe the answer is negatory. Negatory. Um, coming up next. Okay. Lots of guys on the trade deadline, uh, on, on the trade block. Some have actually been traded. The Cowboys have a specific plan they're trying to execute as we approach the NFL trade deadline. And I think, look, so much of the blame, and rightfully so, has been placed on the new head coach and on the players' reaction to the new head coach. Feels like the Cowboys are doing the exact thing I recommend that they would do, and they're kind of quietly doing it. I'll tell you what that is next in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio.